How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am Chris Adams. Um, it's been another long day. Uh, my day started at uh, 3 a.m. to a bunch of rainfall, and it was raining cats and dogs, man, and uh, drove into work for a 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock start time, only to find out that uh, the shift had been switched to 8 o'clock, and nobody decided to tell me. So, uh, yeah. It's it's been one to start, but uh, you know that's life. It happens sometimes, and uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, thank you guys for following along. Uh, I really, really do appreciate it. The reviews, the shares, it really drives this thing. Like I said last night, this thing has tripled since uh, the end of April for the month of May, and we're on pace to double that. About two and a half times that right now. So I'm really pumped. I'm excited to see the growth, the numbers. Um, and it's because of you guys. I hope that you're enjoying this and uh, enjoying the guests. I try not to bore you guys to death because uh, there's so many great guys in the industry. That sometimes I, myself, I'm like, well, who the heck am I to? And I had to talk to these guys. But uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying it. That's just a, a little humbling to me. Um we have the new duck call in the BTBN colors that we need to give away. I said it in the last podcast. I need to figure out a way to do it. Um, I want to keep growing this thing, but uh, I don't want to just keep doing the same thing. Hey, share this thing, and uh, you know we'll, you'll get a chance to get a duck call. So I'm going to post on the uh, podcast page uh, the closed group. If you haven't joined the closed group, it's just BTBN podcast. Uh, join that thing, and I'll post up how you guys think we should give it away, and uh, I'll do some considering to hammer out a way to uh, give this thing away. Anyway, enough with my ramblings. Uh, If if you guys want a half-decent duck call, as I've been told by a few of my closest friends that it's half-decent, um, <laughs> feel free to reach out, and if not, that's cool too, but uh, I really appreciate you guys listening. Let's get to today's guest. He is one of the best goose callers ever. He comes from uh, one of the most historic families ever, man. He's uh, somebody that I've been really pumped to talk to. And talking with Ernie Ross the other day, I decided I got to get it done sooner rather than later. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, the great world champion, call maker, competition caller, Mr. Hunter Grounds. All right, Hunter. How we doing today, brother? Good, man. Yourself? Oh, not too bad. I just got home from a another fun day of work. Have you been out in the shop lately? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I wasn't uh, in there so much today. I had to run some errands and uh, been down at the uh, down at our farm and uh, trying to trying to get things ready to, to get planted. We should have had some stuff planted already, but uh, that uh, it's been raining and uh, been wet, and uh, it's just uh, Mother Nature's kind of been taking control here lately. Have you guys had a bunch of flooding up there? Um, see, we're we're kind of on a hill here, um, where I'm at, and uh, we don't have to we don't deal with the flooding as bad. Now, just down 60 miles from us, where the you know the Mississippi and the Ohio uh, meet, they they've been it's been like that since duck season. I mean, even before duck season, it's been I'm gonna say the backwater's been out. Um, I mean, over half a dozen times since then. So I mean, it's just it just comes up and goes, you know, comes up, goes back out, comes up. I mean, it's just it's just back and forth, and it's. Uh, it makes it tough on uh, on those guys down there trying to, you know, make a make a little hole for a duck. So yeah, and guys trying to make and, a and living. Not, on... just, not just much for ducks, but just to make a living anyway. You know, period. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. Guys that are out there just trying to make a living, 
we don't need another one like last year, man. Well, really, really, last year and then the year before that was wasn't too much better. Yeah, but, uh, for, for us though, in this in this flyway, you know where we're at. But uh, it, it's not been it's it's really been last two years has not been very very productive around here in this parts. Yeah, it's uh it's been wild. Um, I'm kind of in between Central and Mississippi, so. I've seen a lot of my birds, I'm over in western Missouri, I see a lot of my birds push further west, but I know a lot of guys, you know, in the boot hill, and they're not doing much better. No, I'll tell you what, man, it, it has been a, uh, you're not the only one seeing that, uh, that, that, that little change, what you said, you know, being, you know, going wester, westerly of, uh, of you, and that's just kind of like what we're dealing with, too, you know, we used to get, um, some of our best migrations used to come down the Ohio, out of the east. And now it's you know last few years we've not been we've not been seeing that you know noticing uh, you know normally that's some of our best days of the year um, and it's um, it's kind of it's it's a few and far between anymore. Uh, I've heard that you guys have had a lot of problems with honkers have quit running through there as much too. Yeah, we don't uh, we don't get to see them as much like we used to. Um, you know, from the, the about a ninety mile span here um, from. From Run Lake to uh, to down to Horseshoe, uh, and by then across the river to Ballard County, Kentucky. Um, the five refuges: uh, uh, Run Lake, and then we had Crab Orchard, and then on down was Union, and then Horseshoe Lake and then Ballard County. Out of those five, you know, it would it would uh, winter, you know, right around you know close to eight hundred thousand. Um, and it's uh, if we see if we see eight thousand on this Crab Orchard refuge, we're lucky anymore. And it's just. Uh, they just don't make it down to us, and um, they don't even know we're here. To be honest with you, all the MVPs are gone, and uh, they used to leave for May, um, wherever A was. A lot of times in the, the end of September, it'd be in the paper, um, and we'd be getting the first set of, you know, the first flock of a flock of migrators, and um, uh, it would be in the paper, and it would be September 20th to the 25th, anywhere from right there. And I mean, by the time hunting season come in in November, there'd be 50,000 here. Well, we haven't seen fifty thousand in five years here. Jesus, man! Do you do you attribute a lot of that to like the power plant lakes, or uh, you know, it, I don't really know how it affects things over there because you know I'm over here in Missouri, but I've heard that it a lot of guys think it's the power plant lakes up by the cities and more birds turning into residential birds. Well, the biggest problem is we put our hands on them. Man upstairs didn't didn't put them on here for to be to be messed with by man I mean we've taken it's, it's, it has to do with all of us I mean we put our hands on them we planted all these resident flocks and now they're a nuisance um, and uh, now they're on the golf courses and they're saying you know get them off my golf course you know they're crapping everywhere and um, it's it's nobody's fault but ours um, you know they always wanted to plant these get these resident flocks built up and built up well once you get these resident flocks yeah it's nice to have geese around but the man upstairs made them to migrate. And when you get these, when you do get a little push of new ones, you're going to, you're going to wax them for a couple of days when they're coming. But when they get mixed in with these ones that knows the game around here, it's just, it's just, you know I mean? It's, you're just going to get a couple of days of it. And I mean, that's what happens is they know the game and then they let these new players in, the, in town know the game. You may get them for a couple of days, but uh, it's just like shooting them, you know, uh, like first first of September, you get a little flock of seventy five or hundred on a pond. You go in there and shoot them. That's one time you're done, normally. And um, they're not they're smart anymore. I mean, it's uh, the decoys and 
stuff like that. But the hot water lakes and the, the platinum, the resonant flocks has got the, a big part. And I mean, we don't get the weather. The weather's just, it don't happen anymore right here. I mean, there's very few, very few days just last year, I had to wear any gloves. I turned my ice eaters on maybe for a week total last year. I mean, it's just, it's, you might as well just be crappie fishing. Yeah, it's it's wild, man. You were talking about the no winter, and I know I'm, I don't know, probably six hours south of you, five hours south of you on the other side. But uh, it has not been just really, really cold with snow and water freezing up in at least five or six years. And it hasn't done it consistently since I can remember. Like, it, you know, we I, were at 65 degrees last December. Yes. Yeah, I mean, when when's the last time that you remembered... And duck season, a solid north wind for a week, week and a half, just just every day, just a hard north wind, and that's when your big you know big pushes would be. I mean, we've not seen a total of a, a week's worth of north wind in the whole all duck season. I mean, I've seen more east winds than I have anything a lot you know in the past years. I mean, we've never hardly seen east winds. I mean, we get a lot of easterly winds anymore. And see, we uh, we we're you know all we have is residential down here. Uh, they kind of stop at the Missouri River in Missouri for us. So, uh, you know, we start to pattern them and try to figure them out. But last year, it would be 60 degrees one day, then 23 days later for a stretch of, you know, three or four, and then be back up in the 60s. So you would find them because, you know, we know where they're at. We know where they're going. And you'd start to pattern them. And then the next day, it'd be 60 degrees, and then the, the whole cycle just restarts. They got so jacked up from the weather bouncing around well see that that's that's the problem too that the ones that we do get here they can make it down to us the first i mean it would be back back years back it'd be we'd get a hard push for three or four days normally around the full moon that normally would be the three days before three days after the full moon you'd always bet there'd be a push and there still is still yet to this day there's always going to be something something's going to migrate um that's what i mean everything bases it bases everything around the moon so we would get a push, and now we do get a little push to say, you know, if we get a couple thousand or something, you know, get in on the refuge, you know. The first south wind, they cannot wait to get back to, up there up north. I, I mean, it's just, they just, they don't they don't even know where we exist, really. So they, they that's where they know. And it used to be, you know, a couple, couple days of south winds or something, but I mean, it is the initial first hard south wind. They, they, they just catch it, and they ride it back up north. And, it, you know, it used to be, you know, it'd be so cold that they would they would come and they'd be a hell of a push and um they would we would wax them for a couple of days on the push but then they would normally set for well, like 36 to 72 hours and it would you wouldn't really kill hardly anything because they was resting and boy, they would, whenever they did get up whenever they got up you know flying around looking around and then you went back to killing them but uh, you know that just goes you know that was we didn't have no resident flocks and we this is when we was getting a big you know, a bunch of geese uh, in Southern Illinois, but uh, uh, it's uh, it's it's a totally different different uh, different ball game in these parts anymore, man. It's it's, it's sad, but it's um, you know, like I said, we we could sit here till daylight and go over you know what we think's the problem, the issues, and uh, you know, it's just um, it is what it is, and uh, you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt and just you know make the best out of it. Yeah, I can tell you that. Uh every single hunt every single week of the season after year after year you have to constantly keep evolving and uh, you're like you know i've been doing this thing long enough and then you get up and you're like well this is new this isn't how they're supposed to be acting (laughs) it's like every year you're trying to relearn how to do this thing that you've already been doing forever 
Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's like these ducks, too. These ducks are getting some nocturnal, and it's like hunting a 200-inch whitetail. I mean, they've got you they've got you pegged just like you think you've got them pegged, and they've got you pegged better than what you've got them. And uh, it is a... Uh, it's a... Uh, it's a tough it's a tough game i mean it's you know the decoys are so so realistic anymore and just everything is so uh so much uh, more in depth i should say maybe um is what it was you know back in the the 80s and stuff and i mean how we used to shoot them we used to shoot them over uh, over tires um uh, we'd take you know a lot dad would take a log splitter and quarter the tires and they call it the turtle migration they just you know <laughs> they're just going they're just going for basically this a, a mass you know trying to replicate uh what, what they're leaving on the refuge um and then it's a drawing power too for the migrators and um i've shot a bunch of them over you know black and white silhouettes and i mean they still do still to this day but the ones once they get on the refuge and them locals uh like your resident flocks and stuff you're gonna have a, probably a tougher tougher time if you're trying to kill them with black and whites as to you know dave smith or uh, you know these these other decoys out there um uh, on the market today i mean it's just they're, they're so realistic that uh uh it's unbelievable the, the, the how far it's come in, in uh, you know, a short amount of time. Yeah, and you're one of the rare guys that, you know, you're still a young guy like myself. You're what, in your mid-30s? Yeah, I'll be 33 tomorrow. Yeah, see, I'm 32, man. So you're you're a completely different era of a guy that actually hunted over tires, you know, that because you've been hunting forever. When did you first start going, man? I, well, I, I killed my first one when I was... Uh, uh, by myself when I was uh, seven, but I he was taking me he was taking me with a diaper bag whenever I mean I was two and it's just it's kind of it's been a it's been a passion of mine since uh, since I could you know before I could walk um, and I'm, I just I feel very fortunate that that I you know got got the opportunity to be in this position that uh, you know that I'm in and and um, I just I, I, like I said I feel very fortunate to to seeing what I've been able to see um, and you know, the short 33 years that I've, I've been alive and um, that dad's taken me on and um, you know, I got to, you know, I went to Mexico whenever I was, I think nine or 10 and you know, and I, I didn't realize how good we had it until I went down there and seen, seen the way they lived. And, and it, it really taught me a lot about life and how much to appreciate the, you know, the United States and, and where we've got this, you know, such a great place there is to live. Um, the best place there is, I mean, period. So, um, and it just, you know, each year after that, I'd send um, Jerry Glasgow, he had the opera down there, and I'd send, I'd send trash bags full of clothes. And it just, you know, little things like that that I, I got to experience, um, um, you know, Dad, if it wasn't for Dad, I would never got to experience that. And, I mean, it's just the little things like that you learn about life, and um, it, uh, it's, been, it's pretty special. And see, that's so cool, man. Me and Ernie and I were doing one of these a couple a couple of days ago, and he was telling stories about your dad and uh, just the different side of things that the the average waterfowler and the guy that you know just follows stuff along. You know, you're like, oh, there's a Tim Grounds call, but people, what he did for the sport and the sport of goose calling and the waterfowl industry and all the different families and charities and stuff that he donated his time to money to you know like you said clothes to it was something that guys just don't know because it, it's not out there and uh you know that's never the reason that he did it but uh it's it's such a great story and ernie and i were just talking about it and i was like dude somebody has to do a documentary about you guys 
you know, you and your dad because, you, you know, he, he made the short read, man. Like, <laughs> he, he changed the game. You're the the freaking caller that you are, the, the hunter that you are, no pun intended, but it's, somebody needs to document that thing, man. I know you guys have uh, something up on the website, but uh, I don't know. You need to put together a video or something. I was I was just kicking it around with Ernie the other day. Well, I, my plan is I've got I've got an idea of what I'm wanting to um, <clears throat> excuse me. What I want to do is um, um, later on down the road, it, it's going to be a while before I can get it done. But <clears throat> I'm going to try to get it done. Um, it's going to I mean, it's going to involve several people um, <clears throat> as far as um, you know how they how they met Dad and um, you know the greatest memory. Um, you know this. You know what? What? Um, how did he? How, how did he impact their life? Um, and it's um, it's going to be the the good, the bad, the you know the <clears throat> the whole deal. I mean, all in between. And uh, it's um, it's going to be special if I can if I can make it happen. Um, I'm gonna try my damnedest to make it happen, but um, it's going to be a little while down the road. It's going to take a lot of preparing to to get everything the way that I want it to get uh, that I want it to be, and get everybody that uh, I want to be involved. Um, you know. Um, get them to to be there and uh, you know it's uh, I think it'll be a pretty cool thing and then also we're gonna you know have some tips along the way um, throughout the whole thing so very cool man well if you if you have any if if I can do anything to help you you let me know and I would I would love to you're a little bit of a ways from me but I, it makes me wish that I lived up there because I it's something that I think would be so just important to the sport important to everything um but yeah, man, that's that's great. I'm glad that you're already thinking about it. Yeah, you know, I I, I was um, you know trying to get uh, uh, trying to get you know the uh, trying to get him to do a little bit of filming uh, right there right before we we had this little accident and uh, he passed away and uh, you know he was just he was tired he was burnt out and uh, you know being about being in it for forty. Uh, for when he died, it had been 44 years um, that he, you know, he ran his business, and um, uh, he was just tired, and uh, he didn't want to do no more filming. And uh, I just kind of, I said, you know, I give up. I just said, heck with it. You know, I'm not gonna say no more about it. And um, you know, if you don't want to do it, you know, he was the kind of guy. If it was, he had to be involved, and he had to be the, you know, he was a leader, and he was a leader. And um, I mean, nobody can really argue with that. And I mean, it's uh, he was. If he wasn't, if he wasn't involved, he would. You know, I wasn't doing it. So, uh, so if he wasn't if he wasn't doing it, I wasn't either. And, and I just I just said heck with it, you know. I'm, I'm just I'm not gonna say any more about it. And then, you know, and then it wasn't very much longer um, after I said something to him that day. You know, just a, a couple weeks. Um, you know, he passed. But uh, but he uh, it's kind of got me a drive to you know uh, do some filming again. I know I'm gonna try to do some filming this year with uh, a few different people and uh, and you know just kind of just start slowly, just take one step at a time and. It's um, you know it's a lot of lot to take on. It's it's such a um, kind of a eight hour span there. I seen him and and then at uh, noon and and seven thirty or eight o'clock, I was here in my garage messing with Doug decoys and you know that that little deal come up and they said you know he passed and I just it just turned the world up into a three sixty and uh, you know I just everything was put on me then I was just it was all up to me and um, you know it's the man upstairs he's he's taking care of me and. Uh, um, you know, he—I don't—I don't feel like he's gonna put anything on on somebody's shoulders that they can't handle. Um, and as long as you just stay, stay true with him and and, uh, and all that, you're gonna be you're gonna be okay. And uh, you know, at one time, I mean, there's times you know I just sit and think, you know, am I going to? Am I gonna be all right? And I mean, yeah, I'm gonna be all right, but 
um, it's uh, it's tough sometimes, but you just got to keep, you know, kind of try to keep your nose looking forward, and uh, you know, you can't look back or stop because this world, the way this world is, it'll leave you in a dust trail. Yeah, man, that is uh, that's beautiful, and it, it I can't even imagine. Um, it was definitely a shock to us all, brother. It was uh, it was a lot. Yeah, uh, you never would have thought, you know. No. But uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, you know, you're you're still doing it, and you're still still involved. And you know, it, when something like that happens, sometimes it can just, you know, you just have to walk away for a while, just to straighten your head. Was that something that you felt like you had to do? Well, I didn't have any. I couldn't do that. I mean, I I, yeah, I did for eight days. He died on Sunday, and then I didn't go in. The we shut the shop down all week, and that the, the whole time that week, <clears throat> Monday through Monday, I didn't go in the shop. So he died on Sunday, and then this following Saturday we buried him. I didn't go back in the office till <clears throat> excuse me eight days later after he died. And at the whole the whole time, man, I went in there and there was. I got in there and I seen the amount of orders on that website, and that's just on the website. And the phone, it just, just you know, was it was. I've never heard of a, a, a landline um, answer machine being full, and <laughs> it was it was completely full, and and you know it was just nonstop phone ringing. And I thought I went in there at nine thirty that Monday night. I said, man, you're gonna have to just you're gonna have to go in there. You don't have no choice. And uh, I went in there, and then I mean it. Uh, let me back up. I went in there Monday. The Monday following the the night the, the morning after that he passed and that's I went in there about daylight I didn't sleep all night long and uh, I went in there about right at daylight and that's when I kind of got it out of my system you know and uh, got all that out of there but I just I told myself I said man I can't I can't I can't the quality's gonna go down if I'm in here trying to do these calls right now and <clears throat> you're in here with not you know the mindset of you know that you you need to be in a mindset that I wasn't in at that time and I just I said I can't do it, and so I just walked away that week, and I just kind of just stayed around the house here, and we, you know, did everything, all that, all the arrangements and everything, and I went back in that Monday, the next, the following Monday, at nine thirty at night, and I was like, because you got, I went fishing that afternoon trying to clear my head a little bit. <clears throat> I, uh, I got, I said, man, you got to go in there now. You, you just cannot put it off anymore. And I went in there, and I seen the amount of orders <clears throat> that had come through and come in, and I took them. I took them one night, and uh, it was about two night, two or three nights after that he passed. It, there was over a hundred orders uh, from from folks uh, just on a website, and I thought, oh man, well I knew how much, how many more days I've not been in there. And I got in there and I seen what it was. And I said, boy, you buried yourself now. You really, you buried yourself. So I didn't have no chance or opportunity to, or you know, any. I didn't have no choice but to, there was no walking away. You can. I mean, it's either you walk away then and you let it all go out the, down the drain, just as quick as it, you know, as quick as it can happen, or you bear down and you get them done, and uh, and that's what I did. And, and I, you know, I had I had some help from uh, some buddies that uh, uh, without them I probably wouldn't have uh, been able to get it done because they was there, for, you know, support, and uh, they also helped me out uh, filling the orders and stuff too. And my grandma, and you know, she she was a trooper, man. I mean, I, I she. Uh, She's, she's, I know she's, she's grieving, but she's, she's really, she can, she's, she's hurting on the inside, but she's taking it very, she's taking it pretty well. I mean, but, uh, my grandpa, he, he's doing, he's doing good too. And it's, um, you know, they're, they're, you're not supposed to bury your kids. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what, 
you know, that's what they are dealing with, you know, bearing their, their baby. I mean, dad had a brother and a sister, and uh, they're both still going healthy. And uh, But um, dad was the oldest, and, uh, you know, it just, it really taking a toll on my grandma. She don't show it, but I know, I mean, deep down, she's, she's grieving, and, you know, we all still are grieving. We're all, I mean, I'll grieve till the day I go, so... Uh, but you know it's just part of life and I mean it's the only thing you are guaranteed in life is you know there is everybody's got their own expiration date and uh, you just don't know when it's going to be so um, you just kind of you got to make the best of it and uh, or try to anyway and uh, uh, just you know look forward you know you can't look like I said you can't look behind you that's for sure yeah man that is and it's being having work and stuff like that it, it's a blessing when it comes to that because it gives you something to put your mind to and i had a really really close buddy you know is my best friend he ended up passing away um back in 2013 and i spent so much time out in the shop just messing with calls doing something something i worked through a lot of it out in the shop it was it was kind of my own therapy um and it was really that you know because you're a young guy too man it's it was that dividing line between okay you know i felt like a kid still and i'm out carrying on and having a good time and it was that oh man you know this is life this is my first my first milestone in life that i have to uh i have to learn to deal with this man so i i I can't imagine it brother that's that's the way i dealt with you know kind of like i just have i gotta keep myself busy i still yet do i mean i've got to be because I sit, I sit down too much, too long, and I start looking at pictures and reliving, you know, those moments, and that's whenever I, I get down, you know, and, and and it's it's that's why I just, I mean, there'd be, I mean, I just work, just be at that shop, just countless hours, and, and just doing something to keep my mind halfway, you know, off of that situation, and um, and you know, trying to get some things done, and it and it, uh, it it taken it it you know it took a toll on. Uh, on you know some things uh, and you know my personal life and uh, it um, but that's the only way that I really knew how to deal with it and still yet still dealing with it I mean I'll, I mean it's there's a spot in my heart that's a damn near I mean a, a hell of a chunk uh, taken out that it's never you know, I mean not there ain't nobody could ever you know replace it I mean that was my best buddy you know and uh, it's just uh, it's just everybody deals with those certain certain situations differently. Um, so, and I mean, that was just like, like you said, you know, doing, staying out in the shop and doing stuff, keeping your mind busy. Um, that was your, that was your therapy and that's the same way with me. Well, that's, it's, it's amazing, brother. And, you know, your father, he's somebody, there's a lot of guys that come and go. And I guess everybody, everybody comes and goes at like, your, your guy's last name is something that's going to carry on. And that's why I was talking to Ernie about it being so important for what you know showing the whole picture rather than just being a wikipedia page and showing the world championships and owned you know tim grounds calls founded built the short read like the, exactly what you're talking about is what's so important and that's a it's to be remembered and to be able to have all the stories shared and that's stuff like this is so important because there's a lot of guys that would never know and and I know it's super painful, but you're telling the stories of, uh, you know, a lot of guys would never would never hear otherwise. Yeah, that's um, there's there's I mean there's there's a lot to, there's a lot behind it. I mean that's for sure. And you know, Dad, he would tell you the same thing. There's, he's, he had there's a lot of folks. Uh, you know, he had to um, give the credit to for his success. 
um, you know, Keith and Charlie Hess, Abe Lewis, um, you know, there was a Harold Knight, David Hale, um, you know, there was a, there was a lot of folks, uh, that, um, that helped him throughout the way. And I mean, it's, uh, you know, he'd tell you right now, I mean, you know, if it wasn't for them guys like that, uh, you know, he wouldn't have been where he was and got to today, you know, and I, I feel the same way about a lot of, a lot of guys that, uh, you know, I, I was around and growing up and stuff, um, um, when I was younger and, um, you know, you always got to learn from, you got to learn from somebody. I mean, it's, uh, um, you don't just, you just, some people say, you know, they learn it just all on their own. you got to have some, you've got to have a little bit of just insight along the way, whether it, you know, um, whatever it may be, um, to kind of get on the right track of, uh, paving your own, you know, your own way. And, um, you know, it's just, that's why, you know, that's why, uh, there's new people, there's people going out of this world and there's new people coming into this world. And there's always, uh, there's always somebody coming up that's going to be better, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, nowadays the technology, you know, with the short, just say, you know, learn how to blow a goose call. The technology back in the seventies, you had a V, you know, a VHS and you had a cassette tape. Well, now look what you, you know, look what we got. It's just, it's, it's. That's unbelievable how far it's come just from 2000 to 2020. Um, to I mean, it was it's amazing just the, the technology and the the tools that that can be used uh, to to learn on. Um, it's it's amazing, and it's just uh, kids kids now that they start at a young age they pick up on this stuff so quick anymore. It's it's amazing, and it but the thing is too the there's not as many kids getting into it. I don't think nowadays and. Uh, I don't know what the problem is, you know, what it is really. I mean, if it's, you know, this, the parents aren't into it or they can't, or maybe it's a, you know, a single mom or, you know, something like that. that you know, there's a lot of kids out there that don't get the opportunity to experience the outdoors that would absolutely fall in love with it if they had the chance. And I don't think a lot of them getting the chance to experience um, hunting and fishing, just being in the outdoors, period. Um, that would that would really just fall head over heels and just that'd be that'd be their main passion. That um, uh, it's uh, it's definitely uh, changing every year as far as technology and the way that there is and all this stuff to learn on and uh, and you know just uh, every aspect of it and it's um, it's it's I don't know if, I shouldn't say scary but it's it's uh, it's just you look back whenever we was younger you know you're 32 I'm 33 that you know wherever I was you know. In the early '90s, there wasn't—I don't even remember that. Nothing being like that, you know. It's just you—you you go back and relive those years, and you're like, "Wow," you know. There wasn't—you know—it's just was that was that was that was how it was then. Now, how is it now? And just you know, just like just all these like where I live, man. There, there's there in Marion here. It, it looks like a city now. And I remember it when it was just a town. You know, just everything just getting bigger and bigger. You know, and uh, but that's you know that's that's just part of part of the life, I guess. You know, it's. Uh, you know, you gotta just go with the flow. Right, and it's funny that you said uh, you were talking about somebody getting there by themselves. And I actually listened to a podcast that your dad did uh, two years ago in Ju- June or July, and he uh, he was telling his story, and he even said that he goes, anybody that tells you that they got somewhere by themselves is full of crap you know (laughs) he's like everybody had help and he was doing exactly what you're talking about talking about the guys that helped him out but uh it's so funny that you said that almost verbatim what he said and uh the first time i ever heard your dad say something 
I was at a competition in Ballard that he was hosting, and it was the last year that he was emceeing it. And the first word I actually heard him say was, "Would y'all shut the hell up and put your phones away?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't have any. He didn't have any filter. He it was either, you know, you, you either you know you liked him or you didn't. And I mean, he was he would tell you how it was straight up. It didn't matter who was around, and and uh, that's just the way he was. And um, you know, he he wanted it to be for you know that just like when he said that he wanted to make sure it was fair for everybody. Um, and uh, you know, there was no no nothing. I mean. It, you know, if you do it for one person, you gotta do it for everybody. And, and I mean, it's just that ain't that wasn't the way he worked. And, and I mean, he was he was honest. And I mean, I mean, he told you something was done. And um, I mean, he uh, he was a good man. And uh, you know, it was uh, he knew I knew I know this. He whenever he said something about what, what killing one a Canada or a duck. I mean, he was he liked to shoot the ducks better than he did the geese. He you know he would rather he would sit out there all day for one. Mallard Drake has to you know ten honkers, but I'm the opposite. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was whenever he whenever he spoke, he always listened. I mean, it was he always had something you know that was. Um, you may not like what he said, but <laughs> it was you know it was you always listened, and I mean it. Um, you would maybe always agree, but um, I mean he always had your attention, and uh, you know he was uh, he was he was he he helped a lot of them throughout the way, and uh, there ain't none of them that can that can argue with that, um, and. Uh, he, uh, like I said, you either you either loved him or you hated him. I mean, it didn't matter. But I guarantee you, one way or the other, if he said something, you was you would listen, and uh, um, because it was he was he was respected, and uh, um, he always had some good knowledge, and he always had a time for kids. It didn't matter what time of the day or night, where he was at. It didn't matter. He loved kids, and and you know, and it not just kids as well as a, an adult. I mean, it, if he. If you come up, need you know, talk to him. He'd talk to you, shake your hand. I mean, just talk to you like we're talking right now. And he may not even he, he may not know you from Adam. If you had him to call, me to be tuned. If you had to be there at seven o'clock somewhere, it was ten till seven. He'd fix your call. He wouldn't say no. Nah, he'd come back. You know, he would go back in and he, he would get your call fixed. And and uh, that didn't matter. It didn't matter who you were. He treated everybody the same as um, you know uh, as he wanted to be treated. And. Uh, he had a he had a heart of gold, man, and it was as big as Texas. <laughs> what were uh, some of the conversations like when you were coming into those teenage years, where you know you were uh, getting to the point where you you knew everything, kind of like we all do, and uh, you know just working on different routines or hunting situations, and what were some of those conversations like where you had a you know I've had conversations with my dad. I'm like, well, no, this is the way it should be done. And he's oh, yeah. like, I'm going to show you why it should be done this way. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he never did. He would tell me, he would tell me I did good to a certain extent. Never would. He would always, you know, tell me what I could have did better. Which, you're never going to be, you know, that was 100%. You're never, there's never 100 in my opinion. Especially like in a contest routine. There's always stuff that you can improve on. Um... You know, he would always tell me what I needed to do to change or what I, you know, shouldn't have did or add to this, take away this. You know, he would never just say, man, you did awesome. You know, that's just perfect. You know, uh, there was a couple, a couple times that last, you know, the world and stuff, he would, he would, but he, st- he would never say completely, you know, 100%. He would, you know, well, you about messed up there or something. You know, I may, still, I may win, but, well, you about messed up there. You had that little deal there, but you covered it up, you know, and just little things like that. I mean, I, he always let me know that, hey, 
you can always be better. You're never going to be perfect because there's only one person that's perfect, and that's the man upstairs. And you can always improve. So, um, and that, that's what, and it kept me hum, it kept me humbled. And uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that uh, they get to the point where, you know, they they're doing so good, and they just get they just get to where their head's too big for their shoulders, and and they think they know it all, and that's just that's just not that's just not the right way to be. I mean, it's uh, you gotta you gotta always keep in keep those ears open and sometimes that mouth shut and uh, that'll get you a long way a lot further than what it will the off the other direction <laughs> yep yep i agree was what at what age did you start showing an interest in competition calling was it something that you're like man i'm gonna do this like there's no question i'm i'm all about it or was it something that uh you know you got in a little bit because you won it super young you know like you were a beast at a very very young age so was it even a question growing up no i don't i don't i don't even that's all i've ever known and i mean it was uh, uh I, I really started i blew my first one i was like i think five or six or something but i really got into it starting to take take it on seriously when i was about probably 11 um and then i won uh the out here johnny logan i won the novice division um when i was 12 um, and then the same year I went to the world in Maryland in 1999, Kelly Powers won it, uh, the world, and I ended up getting fifth in 1999 when I was 12 in the senior world. And, uh, I went for a long time in the juniors, probably two or three, I think it's not two or two and a half years, not three, but, uh, Derek Dameron, um, beat me in Big Sandy, Tennessee at the uh, duck blind drawing. And it's the first time I was beaten two, two or two and a half years. And I didn't like that. And that's what I just—I just got to where I was. I was getting to that age where you knew everything. I don't need to practice. I don't need to practice well. <laughs> there's, like I said, like I said earlier, there's always somebody out there that can beat you, and they're going to eventually. You know, whether it, there's some, there's somebody. I don't care how you can go on one hell of a streak for a long time, but there's gonna be somebody that's going to beat you eventually. So he beat me, and I didn't like that. I, that's what kind of lit the fire under me again. Start practicing, and then I went. I went several. I went for like. Another, I went for like two years after the after I got out of the juniors, that uh, or before the juniors, I was like, well, see, I won the world in '03 when I was 16, so it was like oh, 99, it was, uh, 99, I was 12, and then it was right there between 12 and 16, 12 and 15. I didn't, I wasn't making the top five at all in the in the senior deals, and it was in Memphis um, the year, it's either the year before or the same year that I won in '03 when I was 16, the senior world. That's when in Memphis, Tennessee, at the U.S. Open, it was like a light switch. And I went from doing no good, not making to any top fives, to just boom, I'm top five, and that's where it all started at. And from that day, it just like it, it just started clicking and started rolling. And uh, and you know, then I went, and I got fortunate enough to win the world, you know, when I was 16. And um, um, it just it kind of went from there, and that just kind of was what really lit the lit the fire underneath me after that. And then uh, I started really. Um, I was going hard at it as it was before then, but I just wasn't mature. I didn't have the power. I didn't have, um, you know, the lung capacity. My call wasn't hard enough. It wasn't, you know, that good full sound. There was a lot of different things um, that had to do with it. But, man, it was just like whenever that that time coming at the U.S. Open in Memphis, and it just, boom, and I was like, okay. And it just, and I think I got fourth or something, fourth or fifth. But I made it to the finals, and that's, I, that was, I was pleased. I was fine. I was like, you know, thank goodness I made it, you know, and then finally after, you know, like I said, two years probably. And it was getting pretty frustrating because I, 
I'd ask dad, I'd say, you know, what, what, what's going on? You know, I get messed up. He's like, he's like, just, just keep your head up. You know, you're the power. And that's what Kelly Pyre would tell me. You know, he said, you know, the, you stink at the power, your lung capacity. And, you know, he said, just, just keep your head up and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and it did. And I mean, it just did, you know, it all rolled and uh, fell into place. And, and then I went on a pretty good roll there for several years. Um, and, uh, feel very fortunate that I, I did have that role. And, uh, now that, uh, there's there's so many of them it's, it's on a given day that can win um, hands down it's just basically nowadays it's who's not going to mess up you know if there's 20 guys 16 and 15 or 16 of them that's, that's got a good shot they could win it hands down I mean it's just who's going to who's going to be on their game that day better than the rest of them and not have a bobble and, and um, you know not uh, and basically just you know contain yourself and uh and make it flow the way it needs to flow. So, and uh, that's just that's the way it is. I mean, you know, that has to do with uh, going right back to all these, you know, all the instructional tools that uh, that's out there today. I mean, it's there's a lot more help out there than what there that there was back whenever I was 16. You know, in 03. I mean, like I said, early 2000s. Um, but um, it's it's come a long way, that's for sure. But I, I see it going downhill. Well, you know, it's, it's crazy. This year, uh, they just announced today that Easton was canceled. I know. I'm gagging about that, too, because it's uh, this, uh, the champion of champions, because it's every five years, and this was the year of the champion of champions. Yeah. It's eluded me for it's eluded me for uh, 2010, I got third, and 2015, Robbie Iverson won, and I got second. He beat me by a point, but I was I was glad to see him win. It was just as good as me winning, so... Um, I was, I'm wanting to get it done, but I, I guess they're not going to, I guess that's what I, I talked to Ernie. Matter of fact, I talked to Ernie Ross just earlier, and he told me that. And, uh, yeah, I hate, to, I hate to hear that, but that's the way it goes. I mean, we all, you know, we got to kind of, you know, stay safe, and uh, that's a, I guess it's a pretty bad out there. That's wild, man. It's, this whole time, dude, has been so weird, and uh, just everything going on is just, 2020, you know, I saw uh, something last week where some chimps, had broke into a lab in India and stole a freaking case of COVID tainted blood. And, you know, I started looking to check and make sure it was a legitimate, you know, news article. And it was on a, a bunch of different sites. And I was like, get the hell out of here. Like, what else can you give us, 2020? Like, it is so weird, man. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, there's just all kind of stuff happening right now, man. It, it's, uh, it's really... It's really, you know, it's it's scary. I mean, it, you know, and, and you know, when things like that hit close to home, you know, it, it's even worse. You know, it's even scary. You know, more scary that um, you know it hits that close, and then when it does, you're just kind of throws you into a little bit of a shock, and um, you know, it uh, you don't you don't really think about it until it does, and it's. Uh, and I know it's hit a lot of people, um, hit home for a lot of people, and, and you know, I I just uh, I hope for the best for all of them, and you know, they can get through it, and because uh, I know a lot of them haven't got through it, and. Uh, it's a it's a sad 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 year, man. Yeah, it uh, you know, let alone just the the illness and then all the small businesses that are you know people out of work. It's just oh man, it's weird weird times. But uh, it, 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 I feel I feel I feel so bad for them. I mean, it, it's uh, especially somebody just starting out, or I mean, even somebody that's been in business for for twenty five or thirty years. I mean, it's 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 really tough on them. I know there's a bunch of businesses around here, small businesses. Uh, barbecue place 17th street it's it's i don't know if it's opening back up i mean it's uh, uh you know it there's like i said her name several businesses that's uh that's it just they're done and it, i mean they, they don't they don't uh, 
they can't stay up, you know, and, and stay out of, you know, out of work that long. And I mean, now, <clears throat> excuse me, now there's, you know, there's people making more, more on unemployment than what there was when they was working. So, I mean, they want to go back to work. Yeah, that's a, well, that's a serious problem too. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know. It just, uh, it, everything, everybody got their own opinions about all that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just not a good thing all the way around. And, and, uh, I hope we can get it all resolved and uh, we can get back to normal. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. You were uh, talking about, you know, the East and being closed. Is it – there hadn't been a single contest this year, I don't think. I, was there anything in February? Yeah, there was the Mississippi Valley. Uh, yeah, that's right. You know, in Burlington, Iowa, but uh, that was it. Man, is it been weird being how competition calling your whole life just to kind of, you know, not be able to do it? Or not, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're still working, you know, and blowing calls every single day. That's that's a given. But just the uh, the competition aspect is it is it been weird not doing it? Or has it kind of been a relief to step back and you know and not have to have that constant pressure and um, you know what I mean? Well, I uh, see. I don't. There's not as many contests anymore, and I I only we used to travel to damn near every one of them but you know it wasn't as, it wasn't as expensive to get these these contests you know because you want you go halfway across the country for a thousand dollar contest you're in a hole when you get home whether you, and if you better win if you go so it's um, you know that that aspect of it is you know it takes so much to get to to a certain a contest i mean you got to pick which ones are going to be you know where you're worth you're worth your while and i mean i i call and i call in about four contests a year uh, Rogers, Presley's, uh, the one they had here, John A. Logan, and then I've not been to the world in, in uh, two years, but um, I was going back this year. And I was going last year, but um, uh, we we got there's a last minute deal, and um, the guy was going to fly in here to Marion and get us, and, and he got caught in um, uh, Denver, and uh, he couldn't make it out here because the ice and stuff. But and I, I couldn't, I wasn't driving 15 hours just at the spur of the moment, so. I was going back this year, and it's just you know those four there, man. It's um, that's really about the the Rogers and the uh, and the world. That's about the that's about the extent of the the ones that's you know makes it worth you know pay ten places at Rogers. I mean they pay all the way down to five hundred dollars for tenth place, six through tenth. So I mean it is worth your while, and, and um, it's um, I just I don't have the drive like I used to. I still have the drive. Don't get me wrong, but I've got I've got other things that I've I'm having to to concentrate on more nowadays as far as, you know, priorities and, and, and stuff like that. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, I still, I don't like to get second. I mean, I still have that drive to win. Um, and it's a lot tougher to win nowadays with, uh, with all these guys. It's, you know, so good. But uh, um, I don't like getting beat, and nobody does. So I've still got the drive, but it's just, it's as far as the, the time to, that I've, I've spent practicing, I don't, I should practice more than what I do. But, um I know what I want to do if I can just hit that. It's just, it's all about me. For me, personally, I've always worked on getting my transitions down, um, you know, from where I take my breaths um, and be able to, uh, you know, make it make it note for note, not make it a wall of sound, but my transition, that's where you really, your transition is where you can really um, make it, make it uh, where it looks like a road with a lot of cracks in it or just you pave, it, pave the way and, and, and make it smooth. Um, that's where you can really shine, um, in my opinion. Um, if you, if you don't, if your transitions are choppy, it's just going to make the, the whole routine just not, not blend. So, uh, 
it's um, for me. I like to. I always try to anymore. Really, I try to get my transitions, and then the main thing is getting my air built back up. I mean, my air built back up is. Um, I don't blowing a call every day. Yeah, that that does that does help, but I'm not tuning those calls like I do my contest call. Right. My contest call is going to be a little bit harder. Um, not they ain't much harder really than, than what you know we tune them going out of the shop. But it's it is a different it's a different. Uh, I got them exact. I got to have mine exactly a certain particular way, and I try to get them exactly the way up. Everyone we send out of there, I like to. I try to get them exactly how I buy one in the, in the field uh, day in day out anyway. But uh, if um, we're blowing calls every day, every day, and it's just you know when you're shaving a reed, it's, you cannot shave a reed the exact same way every single time because you're human. You're not a robot, and you know you've got an idea of what you want to do and how many how many strokes you've got to put in where you're going to put the you know pressure here and there on the reed, and you've got the idea of what you're wanting to do. But now, as far as putting the same exact amount of pound of pressure on each stroke, you can't do that. You know it's just not going to happen. And that that kind of you know uh, it's just like I said, you're human, and you know got an idea of what you're wanting to do. But uh, I don't uh, I don't just it ain't just about throwing it together and getting somebody's money. Um, you know, if we get their money one time, I want them to be coming back again, and you know that quality be there. And uh, uh, that's that's the main thing for me is, is I want them to come back for the second time. And if they have any problems, we'll get them taken care of one way or the other. And uh, uh, however we got to do it, if they tuned right, we'll make it. We'll make sure that we get it. We'll get it tuned right to, to fit them. So, uh, but uh, it's it's just um, that that call tuning about everything and the back to contest calling is just a. Uh, um, it's a it's a it's a big difference in my opinion um, on just tuning calls to, to having to blowing your your contest routine. Um, it's just like hunting. You're hunting for sixty days. You're in your contest call, which I set mine up on the mountain. I'm looking at it right now, putting up on the fireplace. I like I said, I don't blow it, and it's not been touched since Johnny Logan last you know September. So um, it's it's a there's a there's a deal with cystic fibrosis one year. Um, and it was probably one of the worst first rounds I've ever heard in my life uh, for everybody. It was, I mean, it was like everybody, uh, but just a couple, I think. I mean, they absolutely, I did too. I mean, I, I, I can't remember who all did. Big Sean was there, uh, Fields. Um, I mean, all the guys at that time was, was in this contest. And I don't know what there was, I mean, there was 18 or something, but I bet 15 of us just I mean blatantly just sounded like crap I mean either stuck it scratched bobbled I mean or just it just it just didn't flow right and we all knew it and you know but we we all been we've all been hunting you know we wasn't working on it you know we was out we was killing we wasn't trying to win any money no no we did we was killing that day and that's what we did I mean nobody been practicing or nothing and you it showed so <clears throat> when you it, you can tell when somebody's been practicing and when somebody's on on the money or if they're just they've been they just picked it up and just went you know sometimes it does work out for people that you know they're able to hit their stuff they want to hit but nine times out of ten more times than not you can tell if you're about to even judging if they've been if this person's been practicing if they're calling to win if they're they're putting feeling to every note or if they're just up there going through the motions well and i think that's something that uh so many guys just don't understand that aren't competition callers you know i've streamed quite a few events and you'll the number one comment is oh birds don't sound like that they've never done that and it's like it's not about that it's about maximizing the performance of the call 
and it's like you don't understand how much time this thing takes like i get it I, you know I, I i've never tried to sit there and and run a competition routine but i can understand it and uh, i just think so many people i think that's a big reason that competition calling is is falling on such hard times is the travel for the guys that are dedicated and then people just aren't dedicated like that anymore man no i just i don't know why it's just it, i don't know it's it's just not a i just i just watched it just just dwindle and dwindle and dwindle and you can't get the prizes and um you know money's hard to come by to the judges getting the judges to come that far and you know you got to pay them and it's just a, the all the whole aspect the whole all all around you know kind of full in a full uh, circle it's just um it's tough to make it all happen um together yeah it uh I don't know. It's something that I hope makes a comeback, and I think more kids getting involved helps. But, uh, you know, like you said, competitions, it, it has to be worthwhile. You don't have all the little state fairs and, you know, this and that, little sporting good shows. I mean, I live in Springfield, Missouri, home of the biggest Bass Pro in the world. And there's a, you know, you have your Memphis calling competition in, uh, at that Bass Pro, but we have nothing in the biggest Bass Pro in the world. And it just, it baffles me <laughs> that, yeah. that they haven't hooked. And, you know, Adam Davis is a great, great guy, and he's uh, the, the Bass Pro guy through that, and he does a good job with the Memphis one. And, but I, I, there, I can't fathom how there's not one in Springfield. It, it's crazy to me. Yeah, that, uh, uh, yeah, I agree there. I mean, it's, uh, um, and Adam, he's he's a he's a good guy. I, but I uh, I've got a lot of respect for him. And um, him and Ed Larson and uh, Rocky Paramount's the guys that I talk to and go you know deal with through uh, through Bass Pro Cabela's and uh, great guys. But no, the I can't believe I've not had one there at the uh, the uh, Springfield one either myself. It's crazy, man. Uh, what do you think needs to change to bring it back? Or is that way too complicated of a question? Well, that's that's a little bit. Um, there's a lot of aspects I think that you know it's um, you know they're doing these online calling contests now. Um, I've seen and um, I, that's that's good. And I mean they get eighty. I've seen they've got you know eighty something in the duck and eighty something in the goose. And I think they had I don't know what they've got this, this that calling contest they got going on right now that Kyle Jones put together and all that. But um, <clears throat> I don't. Um, I don't know. I think I've heard some people say that's what it's all going to go to. But how can I just don't see how it can. How can it go to something like that, you know, and justify a winner, whatever that you can see who they are? Um, you know that that's uh, that's 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 where I that's where I kind of I wonder. I don't know how that it would ever go into something like that online, unless you know it's they, you're it's going to go back. That will go right back to politics. On you know you know the likes or who just who just likes this guy or who likes this guy, um, you know, and then they get to you know they can I'm sure they can uh, you know do the routine. Uh, as many times as they can to make it the best one that they feel like is the best, which is fine. But I just, I go right back to, uh, I don't know how you can justify who's the winner is by seeing who is calling. Yeah. And you lose half of the, half of the battle of being around the other callers. I mean, when you guys are up on stage, (laughs) especially in like round three, you can feel the tension, man. You can just, you know, you got a guy running a routine in round three and you hear a stick or a bobble and you're just like, oh crap. And you can just, 
the tensions in the air and doing that online it's great and kyle's done yes. a really really good job organizing all that stuff just yes, to yeah. at least keep people entertained and yeah. uh involved with it but like he's you know like i'm saying the the competition aspect the the guys back in the bullpen you know you you know nobody talking until after everything's over just the mindset is completely different and i think oh. that's what's so so cool from an outside perspective to see well, it's just like drawing, you know, the third, first, just say the first round even. I mean, the first 30 guys, 30, 30, just say, just say 30 guys. And you're halfway through uh, 15 of them drawing. Here comes, here comes the guy, the guy with the, the, the number bucket. And you pull it out and you look and you, and you're, oh boy, and you're number one. You draw the bullet. Uh-huh. Well, it really gets tension there. So, I mean, you're like, oh boy, you know, and, and I mean, that just kind of, That'll, that'll screw with your, your head at times. And then, you know, you draw number one in the last round, which it's number one in the last round shouldn't shouldn't make a difference on, on anything because you made it in the last round and they already heard you and they want to hear you again. So, and I've seen where it does make a difference. But, um, you know, it's just, it, I mean, you know, then you get, you know, like you said, somebody bobbles. Then you're like, you know, boy, I got to, you know, I, I may be right there. You know, I got to, you put more pressure on yourself to blow even stouter of a routine to, to you know, maybe you, you never know where you're at. So it's, um, it is, man, it's, it's a, it's being back there in that, in that uh, bullpen, bullpen around everybody, and you know it's just uh, uh, the tension, and uh, you don't know where anybody's at, and you know um, you got five opinions back there, and uh, they can't see you. So um, it don't matter what the audience thinks or what you think; it's about those five guys, those five scores back there. So, and that's the way it's going to play out. And uh, you got to take it with a grain of salt, and however the outcome is, shake the winner's hand and go to the next one. But um, I, I just I don't know I don't know what we could do to, to make them come back because everything's getting higher and higher in price. Um, it's getting tougher to make it. You know, it's getting tougher for the you know for the average dollar uh, to come by, and, and it's just um, it's just getting so hard to get get uh, donations for these and prizes for these events. And uh, like I said, the judges, you know, good quality judges. Instead of getting people out of the crowd at five minutes before the contest, well, we need to go we out of judge. Wait, come here. Hey, Joe, come over here. You know, we need you for judge. That ain't, that don't, that ain't, that ain't where, that's where your contest is, your credibility for your contest is going to go down the drain. Because who's going to want to come back after Joe and his brother, his brother and uncle just come out of the crowd and, and they judge a $1,000 contest or a $2,000 contest? That you spent 1500 to get to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, they're not going to come back for something like that. And then, and then those guys, those guys back are judging. They don't have a clue what they're even thinking about listening to, because a lot of times if there's guys back there, if they can't do the sound that you're doing, whether it, and I mean, there's sounds that we're doing the sound like you. There's guys not even getting credit for them, because I think some of them is back there judging. They can't do the sound, so if they can't do it, they're not going to give credit for it. And there's, it's just, uh, it's just not right. I mean, if they're they're the ones that should be judging are the ones that's up there calling. To be honest with you. Because they're they're up to date. They're they're you know. I mean, there's there's a lot of the judges that judge and knows what they're listening for because they're around it all the time. But there's some judges out there that they're not up to date, and it's it's there's just not getting getting credible credits due. I mean, it's just the bottom line. And uh, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good judges out there that's judging. I'm not going to say that at all. But there's there is some at some times in some contests that you just kind of think what is going on what oh boy you know because you know what's going to happen I mean I mean they either I mean you know the good judges that are out there because I mean anybody that calls and, and travels to all these contests 
you know the ones that should be judging. It's if they're at that contest. If he ain't judging and he's got somebody, well, just you know, this guy needs to be judging in in part of this guy. You know, it's just it's just uh, it's just facts, and it's uh, it's sad, but uh, you know that's just that's why a lot of the contests are going downhill. That because of that and lack of interest, and it's just um, and everybody's got their own. Everybody's get grows up and gets you know has kids and and has their own priorities and has their own life and and has other things to do other than blowing a goose call, you know. And uh, that's uh, that's just life, though. You know, it's uh, sad to say, but it's you know it'd be nice if to be a kid, you know, our whole lives and and not have no worries. But that's just that's just not the way it works. And you know, you got your priorities and you got to make sure and you got little ones and you got to take care of them. And um, you know, that's just what makes makes the world go round. Very, very true, brother. Well, I know you're up against a hard time, and uh, we're there now. So, I want to, uh, I want to tell you, man. I really appreciate you coming on and and sharing some stories and sharing some about calls and you know your dad and what you're doing with the company. Um, man, you're you're a guy that it, we would need three or four hours to t- just scratch the surface. I feel like, but uh, I really appreciate you giving me some time tonight, man. Hey, not a problem. Anytime, anytime. Uh, I yeah. Uh... I enjoyed it and uh, look forward to maybe again here in the future. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely do it again, man. All right, buddy. I appreciate you, man. All right, brother. Take care. Uh, you too. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, guys. That was Hunter Grounds. You know, what more can you say that he didn't already? Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe, like, do all that stuff. Join the private group. Uh, follow on Facebook. Yada, yada all the uh, self-promotion that I feel like I'm obligated to do. But uh, I really do appreciate you guys sharing, leaving reviews. Um, it just helps with the numbers. It helps helps people see it. And uh, if, you, if you haven't shared it yet, get out there and share it because you already missed out on the chance of a, on a call already. We had a guy that won it that he shared every single episode and uh, he did the subscription. And uh, that's just stacking the odds in his favor. But I, uh, I appreciate you guys. And, uh, yeah, have a good one.